Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. My name is Simon Miller, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, which also is the name of the show. Thank you very much for joining me. You make me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, and you all get golden ups. I am now officially out of catchphrases. That's not true, but I don't think we should throw any more in there. We only had a conversation on Tuesday, and again, if you are coming back to the fold, we are going to try and get two episodes up a week, once on Tuesday and once on Thursday. And while I am promoting uh, episodes, patreon.com for Simon at 316. That is what supports the podcast because again, I make no money from it, and that's just the way the world works. But to try and give something back, I'm also going to throw a retro episode up for anyone. $1 or up, doesn't matter how much money you give. So $1, $2, $3, $4, $722, don't do that. That would be ridiculous. You will have access to, yeah, like I say, the, uh, the um, I wouldn't say the odd few. There will be more than that. But look, the point is, I do retro ups and downs for What Culture Wrestling. Make sure you check out them too, and subscribe to their YouTube channel. And I always have a bunch of notes left over, and some things I can't get into the video, because they can't be, you know, 45 hours long. So I thought I'd chat about them on a podcast and I'd make it exclusive to patrons because again I want to make sure well I want to treat it like a shop right I want to make sure that you're getting some bang for your buck let's stop talking about that right now other than to say come follow me on social media <laughs> at Simon Miller 316 it's just those numbers man they fill up your self-worth tank I am of course joking some people take what I say seriously and they get in touch and say Simon it's gonna be okay it's like man I'm living the dream right now. I have a stupid job. I have a stupid life, but I'm very humbled and I'm very appreciative of it. So yes, around about what, 15 hours ago, 16, 17, whatever the hell it was, all the news started to break, which is kind of weird. Does anyone else find it strange that we don't release a press release anymore when WWE are getting rid of people? And it comes through the channels like Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful always has something. Obviously, Meltzer has stuff. There are a few others. I think it really should just be coming from an official statement. But hey, that's just the world we live in. But there was a bunch of names. And actually, you know what? I was just going to talk about one, but that's not fair. Let me get it up quickly. That's me being really disrespectful to people that have just lost their jobs. You have to forgive me. This was me thinking more about time on a podcast as opposed to being nice to people. So the list of names that I have in front of me are William Regal, Road Dog, Timothy Thatcher, Danny Birch, Hiddy K. Suzuki, Kathy Carino, Dave Kapoor, Scott Armstrong, George Carell, and Ryan Katz. And apparently there will be some other ones too. PWI reported that Chris Ace, uh, sorry, Chris Guy was also taken off. Now, look, I said this on my Twitter. I'm going to say again here. I don't like seeing anybody lose their job. I don't care if it's for business. I don't care about the finances. I'm not saying those things aren't important. I'm not saying that WWE can't do whatever the hell you want. I'm saying from a fan, when I see these things happen, it makes me feel sad. That's it. It makes me feel upset because I like to think I have a degree of empathy and a degree of sympathy, and I wouldn't want to lose my job, especially like I like what I do, right? And if I lost my job tomorrow, I would be absolutely devastated. Of course I would be. So that's the way I like to look at it. From the human point of view, like I was having this discussion with somebody on my Twitter today. They said, well, how do you know they didn't want to be released i'm like well i'm going to figure that they probably don't otherwise they would have just quit but also as a supporter of professional wrestling i do not like it when these things go down i cannot stand it as you can probably hear i'm on my high horse now where people go wwe's allowed to do this yes and i'm allowed not to like it that's as far as it goes it doesn't mean you have to start burning down the houses and go like you can just have those two things before inevitably because that's how life works we, we move on to something else but William Regal being whatever you want to call it fired released let go 
I find that absolutely astonishing. Now, not everyone listening to this may know the deal, but William Regal is basically an, a, walk, a walking encyclopedia when it comes to wrestling, which is why over the last 24 hours, you can find anybody to, from Kevin Owens to people that are still making their mark on the indie scene who have said that he has gone out of his way to help them. And given that we have talked about Kevin Owens, go and read the stories. Essentially, without him, Kevin Owens would not be in the WWE. And that goes for a lot of other people because Regal looked for talent and Regal looked for people that were showcasing something different and he wanted to give people an opportunity. And as we know, WWE's now gone back to the whole world. We're just going to recruit big athletes and try and turn them into wrestlers. Also fine. You can like it. You cannot like it. It really doesn't make a difference. But if you're trying to do that and you have somebody on your books that has the experience of William Regal, I find it crazy you wouldn't try. You couldn't find a way to make that work. Like he would be an asset anywhere. I mean it literally anywhere because he just gets it. He does. I've been fortunate to cut them um, to talk to him a couple of times. Sadly, not as a wrestler. Well, not sadly. It was still cool to chat to him, but you know, in more of a, I, I'm not a journalist at all, but in whatever you want to call that guys. And I've interviewed him once as myself and once as my alter ego, which is a whole different story for a different day. It was many, many years ago. But even then when I approached him and I said, I did this with loads of wrestlers. And of course they get it because you know, they're entertainers. I said, I've got this stupid character. He's basically an absolute moron who thinks he knows the world. If you know Alan Partridge or um, uh, Ali G, you know, th th those kind of things pushed together. And I really enjoyed doing it. And he was tremendous. You can find it right now. If you type in uh, Simon Miller, William Regal, you'll probably find the interview. And again, remember, I, I am portraying a character. But he had that, that side. When you watch his wrestling matches, his European style, as Jim Ross used to say, was flipping ridiculous and i know this because i've tried it so i get how hard it is but he could also do all the over-the-top facials and straight the other thing that annoys me is of course you're always going to uh wax lyrical terrible phrase when you know these things happen i mean it's not the same at all but it's like when somebody passes away we remember the good things right and that does happen uh, when, when we are in a sad situation i suppose and of course he didn't have the greatest run of all time. Like there are ups and downs. Excuse me, I shouldn't have said it, but I did. But it doesn't mean that when he was having those ups, he wasn't, he never got the credit he deserved. And look, yes, we can talk about it as well. He's talked about it, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind us bringing it up. But he was scheduled. It is, well, at least there was an idea on the table for him to be the WWE champion. But unfortunately, some personal issues did rear their head and that took him out of the game. But he's learned from that. And that's why he's so inspiring. He learned from that. And he had such an important role backstage in NXT. And I can only presume that all these firings have happened because there's somewhat of a power struggle right now. Again, this is just me speculating. Nobody knows for sure. But it certainly does feel like it's Nick Khan versus Triple H. And Triple H is out of the picture. And Nick Khan is pulling the strings. And he doesn't want any of Triple H's guys around anymore. Again, we can talk and debate about that till the cows come home. But it is kind of nuts. Like, it's almost as if WWE thinks NXT is WCW back in the day. We must kick its ass. It's the same company. Although, I remember when uh, SmackDown versus Raw and SmackDown was being run by Paul Heyman and was doing better than Mondays. That pissed some people off too. Because, well, he, who even knows? I don't work behind the scenes, so, you know, I can't talk to it. Uh, I can't talk to it directly, but... I just, if you have a wrestling company and you can't figure out something to do with William Regal, well, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. Like, I, <laughs> I truly, I truly, truly do. But he's, uh, he's, he's such an inspiration, especially, not that it matters that I'm from England, but again, seeing somebody who was a British wrestler get into WCW and WWE before it was as accessible as it is now kind of just goes to show that he must have something. So, you know, wherever he lands, he'll absolutely smash it. Nobody understands wrestling better than him. And I truly mean that. Go read some of his tweets. Go read some of his seminars or watch some of his seminars. 
And no one's got a bad word to say about him because he goes out of his way to help people and also goes out of his way to pass on information and, and information that he has learned from, what, 35 plus years of experience. And don't forget, you can't teach that. You have to go through it. You have to learn it. You have to make mistakes. You have to have your successes. So, yes, I thought it was disappointing. Um, I also... I, I enjoyed Bron Breaker winning the, the NXT championship, but it does feel tainted now because he kicked through that NXT logo. I mean, that's just the poor form, really. And maybe they weren't connected. If we want to be as positive as we possibly can, seems a little bit silly. But let's say they weren't connected. It's still tone deaf, <laughs> to, to say the least. So all the best to everyone that did lose their jobs. And I hope they just... Well, I hope they're just happy because that's all that really matters. Everything else is just absolute, absolute nonsense. I will, before we talk about AEW, I will briefly mention Wrestle Kingdom because I did watch both nights. I thought it was okay. It didn't really feel like the big show that it has done in the past, potentially because of the COVID situation and the, the limited attendance. But I thought some of the matches didn't hit, but the ones that had to absolutely smashed it. You know, a card or a night one, a night two, he's just such a fantastic wrestler. It's almost silly. And, you know, Will Ospreay on that uh, the second night as well. Some of the stuff they were doing, I absolutely loved. And I actually found out this morning that in the Jeff Cobb Naito match, Jeff Cobb got injured. I mean, I knew he was selling his leg, but I didn't know it was legitimate. So the fact they were still able to pull so much of that stuff off, more power to them, because that was one of my favorite matches. I think it was probably in, in my top three. And it turns out that I was more favorable towards uh, Tanahashi versus Kenta. I mean, it was just a garbage street fight, but those last five minutes, <laughs> I'll never get over it. I mean, a 45-year man going up, what, a 12, 13-foot ladder? I'm probably exaggerating, but it is pro wrestling. And doing what is essentially a big splash or a frog splash, whatever you want to call it, the hi-fi flow. I, like, I have been up those things. I am very lucky that I am a professional wrestler and I have, you know, done top rope stuff and I've done ladder stuff. And it's all fine when you're watching it from home. But when you actually climb up, it is a completely different situation. Like, it is genuinely, genuinely terrifying. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It's just they're just too long for me, especially over two nights. But I'm a guy that would be happy in terms of a WrestleMania, for example, which is a good comparison to go back to a three and a half, four hour show. And some people roll their eyes. Well, you're never going to get anybody on it. Yes, but once more of course i want as many people to be on it as possible but as a guy watching it at home it just makes it feel more special knowing you're going to get this four-hour event and everything's going to mean something and everything's going to have a certain amount of importance but hey ho it's not the end of the world and talking about big events again aw dynamite last night first show on tbs the card was loaded like i knew it was loaded obviously because i watched the thing but it really dawned on me when i sat down I was like, oh man we have so many title matches and we know we're going to have some fun with it too Probably the, well, it was the highlight of the night. Well, I don't know, actually. I really like the tag team win, but that was a little bit tainted for reasons we'll get into. But Adam Page versus Brian Danielson, round two. I thought it was better than round one. I thought Daniel Bryan did it again. Brian Danielson running down the clock at the start to tease that maybe he's going to try and go the time limit and take advantage of the judges was great. Obviously, Hangman Adam Page won. And I just, here's my takeaway from, from both. Brian Danielson, to me, is absolutely one of the best wrestlers ever. If I sit down and do my top five, I think I need to figure out a way to work him in. That's how much I enjoy him. And that's how good he is at the technical side. I mean, Bret Hart smashed this perfectly when he was talking about the Mount Rushmore. He's like, well, you got to talk about, you know, sales. you got to talk about technical wrestling. you got to talk about character work. you got to talk about promos. So, you know, if we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling in terms of what you're doing in a 20 by 20 ring, Brian Danielson has got to be in there for me. I think he is fantastic. I think he is so fun to watch. He is... 
the little things that he does, the personality he adds to certain moves, he's just tremendous. And Hangman Adam Page is right there with him as well. Not as one of the best of all time as of yet. Maybe he'll get there. But in terms of this match, I mean, nobody put a foot wrong. I don't want to say it was perfect. Cause I'm sure some will go, well, what about this one bit when he didn't step his left foot in the right position? I'd be like, man, how the flub do you watch wrestling, pal? I don't know who this fictional person is I've made up. But I don't actually know how long it went. What, 30 minutes maybe? Maybe 35. I mean, it zoomed no matter what it was. And it just, you know, it built and it built and it built. And we had some crazy, crazy spots and everybody was bleeding. And I just didn't know who was going to win. And that, as I said on Ups and Downs, make sure you check it out, What Culture Wrestling. That is the secret source of professional wrestling. When you do not know who is going to win a wrestling match and you can almost be the tennis ball in this back and forth war. Oh my gosh, I tell you, it's, it's just fantastic. It really, really is. And it kind of did come across like they wanted to kill each other. You know, I really felt like Hangman Adam Page especially had an edge. You know, he didn't care that Daniel Bryan, stop it, Simon, that Brian Danielson was bleeding. You know, he wanted to hurt this guy and he wanted to prove a point. And the fact that towards the end, Danielson did run through all of the moves that he had used to beat the Dark Order. Yes, that's obvious. Yes, that's simple. But I don't mean to be that guy and sound like a, a broken record, but I will because my podcast, I'll do whatever I want. But when you go to see a rom-com every now and then, do you want to see like the woman stab the man in the face or vice versa? So you can go, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Yes, but nine times out of 10, you just want them to get together and bang sorry i shouldn't have said that as my immature side coming out and it's the same here i wanted brian danielson to do all that i wanted hangman adam page to you know kick out and i wanted him to hit the buckshot lariat and win which he did so and they did the okada omega thing i'm sure they've done it in other matches but that's the one most recent one i've got in my memory where at one point page was going for the buckshot and brian just fell down I love that. You can do it all the time. I'm going to steal my own ups and downs thing. But like active reloading Gears of War. I love active reloading Gears of War. And I was like, every single third person shooter should borrow this. And some did, but now it's kind of gone by the wayside. It's the same with that spot. As long as you work it in right, I always, always want someone to collapse when the other person's going for their finisher because it feels real and, and it feels awesome. So I think Hangman Adam Page's world title reign is going great. He's the first person to defeat Danielson. And the big question now is eventually we're going to get to Punk or MJF. We'll get to that in about three seconds. But well, maybe we do hold off until we've done that. But you feel like somebody else has got to fit into the role as his next challenger. I don't know who it's going to be. And that's great too. Again, sometimes it's standing out there screaming at you. Oh, it's got to be this guy. But when it's not, I enjoy playing the guessing game. And this is the plus that AEW has. I know that some people don't like the roster depth. We talked about that. We're not doing it again. But there's so many people that could step into that role. And I always want that. I always want there to be multiple legitimate contenders. Because it's the same with boxing, MMA, you name it any kind of a sport it just really does add that legitimacy to proceedings but yeah tremendous match so so good i mean we're only six days into 2022 and it's a match of the year candidate although to be fair so was a carter versus osprey to be completely honest so that's just ridiculous two two matches and we're only a week in and yes talking about cm punk and uh, mgf they completely surprised me i thought we were going to leave this be given what happened on the tv last week but it was a ruse because we were meant to see mgf versus sean dean i think it was i can't remember now the cat in. and punk came out he caused the disqualification which was cool because we don't usually see that and essentially said look man you're either going to face me or i'm going to keep doing this for you and completely upending any chances you're ever going to have at the world championship because you're going to keep losing matches 
and I'm, this isn't me taking shots at WWE. I can do that on my own time. You don't have to compare them. Don't worry about it. But the fact that AEW never does disqualifications, I thought made it feel really fresh and really exciting and really, really different. And it, you know, it keeps the edge to punk because that is a dick thing to do. There's no two ways about it. And then they got into it and, uh, you know, Maxwell said, oh, you never debuted. Uh, so you never main evented at WrestleMania. And so Punk said, oh, yeah, you want to go to WWE? Have, you know, enjoy. And then you'll get released. I like the shots. I just think that's what, people would say in the real world and it doesn't mean that they all hit of course they don't sometimes it's like oh man you shouldn't have said that that's really embarrassing but mm, i i don't want to say wwe's way that's not fair but when you pretend that other wrestling companies don't exist i think it's a little bit silly you know i just do that's my personal opinion everything with chris jericho 2.0 eddie kingston uh daniel garcia and uh, santana ortiz is fine it's not great, I wouldn't say. It's not sort of getting me super duper excited, but I am biased because I love 2.0, so it's nice seeing them on TV. And of course, next week, we're getting Wardlow versus Punk, which you've got to imagine is when we have the big step forward for the Wardlow face turn, or so I hope, because he had another squash match where Sean Spears was being an absolute moron on the outside. And I'm not saying this is as good as the Triple H Batista one that we did back in uh, 2004, 5, 6, whatever the hell it was, WrestleMania 21. But it does, you know... It has similar steps to it. I mean, mostly in the sense that we're taking our time with it. And the longer you the longer you hold off, the better it becomes. Again, it kind of ties into what we just said. You know what's going to come. And as long as they execute it well when it does happen, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, brilliant. And also, there's no way that Wardlow won't be at least a, a solid main eventer when he gets his chance. I like him now already. And to be honest, he hasn't done much in the two years. Well, he's had some good matches, but the focus has never really been on him, intentionally so. So imagine when we do do that. It'll be like another Sammy Guevara, another Jungle Boy, another Darby Allen. Darby Allen and Sting weren't even on the show. <laughs> you know, this is what I like. I like being able to cycle people in and out. There is the detriment that some people don't get on, but I much prefer it this way. The only real sort of disappointment of the show was the TBS final. Now, the tournament itself has been awesome. It's been brilliant. And that's mostly because I've been told the whole time, hey, man, this thing is awesome, so you should care. So my care gland kicks in. I go, oh, man, yeah, I will care. It's just one of those things where it's so difficult to talk about from a critical point of view because you always get the crazy people. So Jade Cargill versus uh, Ruby Soho. And I mean, the big thing, and I've seen it because people have tweeted me and it's online, is that Jade Cargill is still a work in progress and she shouldn't become the champion, which she did here. I'm not saying that's not a, a logical argument, which it is. But I don't know. Maybe you didn't have to make her the champion. And I will admit this match was, I don't like to use the word sloppy. I hate that. I think it's a horrible, horrible word. It didn't hit in the way they intended. But I'm sure they know that. They were in the damn thing. And I don't think anybody needs to come out there with their bat and just start smashing people around the head because wrestling is really, really hard. And all jobs are really hard. I'm sure you've gone to the office many days and you've left at half five and gone, man, I did not do well today. (laughs) I absolutely dropped the ball. And I'm not saying it was that bad. It just, it didn't live up to my expectations of what I thought the final of this tournament was going to be. My point being is that while I have no problem with Jade Cargill being the champion because she still comes across like a star for me, she is a work in progress. She is. There's, There's no two ways about it. And she needs more experience. Now, the best way to get more experience is to be put in these kind of positions but at the same time people will say yes but match quality is important and maybe she's not ready for it yet maybe she's not but maybe being given this title is something that helps her get there but there's no point trying to pretend you know this went as smoothly as everybody intended and we had mercedes martinez out there and thunder rosa and mark sterling was doing his thing and we kind of ended with this sort of semi avalanche well second rope avalanche um jaded glam slam whatever the hell you want to call it from the second rope 
almost like they were meant to do it off the top, but Ruby Soho changed her mind. I've done that in my own wrestling matches. I was meant to give someone a superplex from the top, but I could tell we were both knackered. So I was like, dude, let's do it from the second. That's just being a smart in-ring general. So I'm not going to get upset about that at all. So it's an interesting one, and we're going to have to see where it goes. But I'm never going to be that guy going, oh, match was so crap, you're rubbish, you should be fine. Because I just don't think it's fair. Nobody goes out there to have a bad match. And I think wrestlers and most people on social media get enough crap. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to be honest. I am going to be honest. Like I say, I didn't think it was as good as I was hoping it was going to be. But unless somebody stares into the camera and goes, Simon, I crapped the bed because I wanted to wind you up. I'm just going to shrug my shoulders. And once more, going back to what we talked about, I like to think about the human side. And I think most people know when they haven't, you know, uh, done exactly what they wanted to do, right? So there's no point being being overly mean and let's see what we do now this could be the this could be the the shooting off point to, to better things same with serena deep no not same with serena deep i mean in terms of like jumping off points serena deep had an interview with jim ross after this and man she's so mad but she is so good bad guy serena deep is great and she should have a massive sign around her neck that says push me in 2022 she should absolutely be the or at least have one championship reign before we get to december seriously man if you want to, I, I, there's no one better than her right now in, in a women's division anywhere. I, I really do mean that. She can wrestle. This character stuff has really helped with that too. So I'm very excited to see what will happen with this. And then Malachi Black just killed Brian Pillman Jr. It was fine. It was, again, it was what I was. There was a little bit of weird voodoo ma- musical chairs at the end when the lights went off and everybody switched places after the Lucha Brothers had <laughs> come out because obviously Malachi Black took out their boy Pack. But Malachi comes across like such a massive star. He can get away with this. Like it was goofy and it was stupid. And, you know, if other people have done it i'd be like oh but it's about how you carry yourself and he has such an aura around him I'm like yeah man if you want to play voodoo musical chairs <laughs> you you be my guest which then led to our main event which i was very surprised about the lucha brothers i should have mentioned some ups and downs i didn't they left here and then came back out again <laughs> i was like man you ballers you don't care but yeah it was the lucha brothers versus the jurassic express and the jurassic express won the world tag team titles i suppose it's because you know they they want to you know, kick the TBS era off with a bang. And it certainly worked, but it was just massively tainted because towards the end, Luchasaurus gave a, a choke slam or to some kind of whatever slam to Phoenix through this table. And Phoenix just suffered this absolutely horrendous arm break. Don't go and watch it. I mean, I know you will because curiosity killed the cat. But honestly, man, this was terrible. This was one of those things you're like, you know, I don't care about wrestling. I don't care about title changes. I don't care about the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, which is how Jungle Boy uh, beat Penta to win the championships. I just hope this guy is okay. I think he went to the hospital. I think he's probably going to need surgery. And I just hope he's back as soon as he can be because Phoenix is a tremendous talent. And if he wasn't, he was the worst wrestler ever. Do I ever want somebody to break their arm in this way? No, I do not. Again, it was just the worst thing ever. But... uh, that's resting for you, I suppose. And like I say, it did take away from the, the celebratory nature when uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus did win, which was a little bit of a shame. But I just I love Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy so much. I think they put in the time. I think they've got great chemistry together. They rarely have bad matches. And I'm excited to see what they do with them. I was just surprised they switched it. And maybe it was called on the fly. I mean, I doubt that it was. But maybe somebody said, look, Phoenix's arm is done. He is definitely going to be out for a while. And somebody, you know, said, well, let's do that. It seems like a bit of a stretch, but I understand why people would say that. But a solid episode of Dynamite bookended by by two really good matches. And now we move on to Rampage. 
on Friday. I'm not going to talk about it here. I'll leave it till next week. But spoilers, 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 spoilers. So I've said it now. Turn off for a couple of minutes if you don't want any spoilers. It was meant to be Alan Cole versus Jake Atlas, who recently debuted and signed with AEW. And Jake Atlas apparently got injured. And the reason I wanted to talk about that here is because my heart went out to that guy. He clearly went through some bad times when he left WWE. There was clearly some... um, some issues because he retired right and, and and then he came back and then to get injured in your first or your second third whatever it'll be your first proper tv match will go with it just sucks for the guy nobody should have to go through that of course that's going to affect your mental health and while he absolutely does not listen to this ridiculous podcast because why would he i just hope that he can get back to it get back on the uh, on the horse and smash it because he's a, he's a terrific professional wrestler he was able to show it to a certain point in wwe but they did hamstring a little bit so just go and watch any of his indie stuff really really good really 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 good it's just the that's, again, I, I don't mean to repeat myself, but that is just wrestling for you. You, you, you just never know what is around uh, what is around the corner. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? Other news that came out of the last couple of days. I don't think we talked about this. If we did, do forgive me. But it certainly changed my, uh, not necessarily my opinion, but I was shocked by it, is, is the real truth. Seth Rollins was apparently going to win the WWE Championship at day one before Roman Reigns got taken out and then Brock Lesnar was drafted in. And I kind of semi-predicted the WrestleMania card. And apparently WWE is still going to get to the end point that they'd already planned in. And it kind of switches things around because I thought maybe Big E wins the Rumble and we do Bobby Lashley versus Big E. But now I'm thinking maybe it'd be Seth Rollins versus Big E. Which of course was meant to be the championship match at day one when all of a sudden everything got changed. And given that we are doing it over two nights, you've got to assume that Roman versus Brock will main event night two. But depending, if we're doing Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair, I'd be happy for that to main event night one. So you could do Seth Rollins versus Big E, not in that spot. Like, don't get me wrong. Would I like Big E to be in the main event of WrestleMania? You bet your ass I would. I absolutely love that guy. But I'm looking at it from a Vince McMahon point of view, and I just just hear his voice going, well, pal, I don't think that is a WrestleMania main event. So you could get it on there in other ways. And then I suppose that would leave Bobby Lashley versus Kevin Owens. And that actually, that makes more sense because... Kevin Owens, uh, sorry, Bobby Lashley was going through a somewhat of a face turn, or so it seemed before we kind of switched things up. It's going to be quite fascinating with WWE, but I did not, uh, if you had said to me, now have all the guys there, who do you think was going to to win? I don't think I would have, I don't think I would have put it on, on Seth Rollins. Not that I don't think he should have a, uh, a title win. I think he probably needs it for his character, and he's deserved it. For, for everything he's done. I think Seth Rollins, ever since the Hell in the Cell in 2019, has got a little bit of a bad rap. But, you know, that wasn't his fault, is all I'm going to say. And look, it was such an outrage, an outrage, but it did fall through the floor so much, we had to turn him heel, which is why where we are now. But I think he's, he's established his visionary character or the architect, whatever we're going to call him. I think he's a barrel of laughs. I think he's very entertaining and he never has bad matches. So it's probably time to give him a title run, then take the title off him and then make him a good guy again. I, I, certainly, feel, I certainly feel ready for that. I should say as well, I, mentioned, I wanted to mention this on Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Shibata had his match with Ren Narita. Apparently... And I said, either on this show or on Ups and Downs, I can't remember now, it all blurs into one. There's so much wrestling. But apparently, him coming out and going, nah, brah, I ain't going to do no catch wrestling. I'm going to have a normal wrestling match, was literally him doing it. <laughs> apparently, no one backstage knew he was going to do it. So Shibata is just, it's just crazy. Again, if you don't know, go and look up what happened to him. It is terrifying. It is really, really scary. 
And yet, he obviously felt like he was ready to go. The match was pretty good. But no one beforehand knew. So I don't know if Ren Narita knew. Because wouldn't you be absolutely, <laughs> like, wouldn't you be absolutely terrified? I'd be absolutely terrified. Like, it's <laughs> you're working with this guy who, I don't know what shape he's in. But you're going to assume that he's injured, or at least to some extent. And you're, <laughs> you so hit me in the face. Actually, I don't think he did hit me in the face once. But still. I don't know. I don't absolutely know. So crazy. So, so crazy. Uh, it, apparently, Pete Williams signed with WWE as a producer yesterday as well, which makes those releases even more crazy. I mean, talk about not knowing what the hell's going on. And uh, I think that's it. Again, only 40 hours have passed. And we've had the big news, which was um, which was all the releases. And I suppose we just have to sit back and see what, what's going to happen. But I mean, we do. We have started 2022 with a bang. Again, Hangman and a page needs a new challenger. Braun Breaker is absolutely on the fast path to becoming probably WWE champion or universal champion, if we're honest. And NXT, we'll call it black and gold because that seems to be the thing we're going with. That's dead. You know, it's absolutely dead. It was dead anyway, but now they've made that very, very clear. And at the moment, you know, just to be completely honest, I prefer I prefer the old one. I just do. I'm struggling to get into 2.0, and that's probably going to take some time too, to be fair, because it is, a, you know, you're trying to get about, what, 70-odd people, not that many, but sort of 20, 30 people over at the same time, which and they're brand new people too. It's not like we have any kind of affiliation with them, so... It's going to be interesting, but we will have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, as we have got to the midpoint, before we do answer some wrestling questions that you sent to me at Simon316 on Twitter, thank you very much. Please do subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's one of my goals for 2022, to add a slab of subscribers to that. Just search for Simon Miller and you shall find it. And otherwise, in case you are into my fitness stuff, go to grillandmind.com forward slash Simon. Use the code Simon to get 10% off. I'll keep this very brief because I imagine it's not for everyone. But they are some of the best supplements I've used for a long time, hence why I was very happy to uh, be asked to come aboard board with them you don't have to believe me you know that's your right you have to understand who you do trust and you don't trust but i love him and now we'll answer some questions and we'll start with man adam pearson and we'll say happy birthday to adam i believe it was his birthday yesterday and he says with all the recent cats to talent particularly regal do you think wwe is running the risk of further alienating its uk fan base assuming they haven't already also if you could form a tag team with any disney villain who would it be and why I mean, no, I don't think so. I think while we do get upset about this, it's always the minority making the biggest amount of noise and really the machine just keeps on turning regardless. I know some people always jump off. Like, you know, when we had that awful Raw Rumble, some people jumped off. The Saudi Arabia show, some people jumped off. And I'm sure with the multiple releases, people are jumping off as well. But again, CM Punk said it best. WWE is making money in spite of themselves. And unless they did something truly catastrophic i don't think that's going to change and if i could team with any disney villain i mean jafar would be a good contender i don't want to team up with scar that guy was too flubbed up so i think i'll go with jafar let me think if i can think of anybody else although what the hell is the snake why can't i remember the snake from the jungle book slither that ain't his name <laughs> no no one's called slither snake i must have watched that film a hundred times and now my brain fails me we'll go with jafar good old Jafar who was so easily manipulated it wasn't funny just Mark says what are your predictions for the Raw Rumble I'm going to stick with Big E winning the the men's one just because I love him so much and I think he deserves that and he deserves more 
And the female one, probably Bianca Belair again. At least I'd like it if they did that, because you rarely get back-to-back -back Royal Rumble winners. But I want to ensure that we do turn Bianca into a massive star. So let's pull out the bag. Let's go crazy. Ron says, Simon, thank you for being so positive. You are most welcome. Hope your holiday season was a delight. Hangman Danielson 2 was awesome. But do you think AEW is flirting with doing rematches a little too much? Or do they have a good balance? Ron, that's tremendous. No, they barely ever do rematches. They can do way more rematches as far as I'm concerned. Um, I mean, the thing is, I don't like comparing the two because sometimes rematches are great. But I would say that WWE does too many and AEW doesn't do enough, right? That, that's kind of how I would, I would uh, 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 sell it to everybody. But it all depends on the story and it all depends on the execution, like I've said. So no, I don't mind them doing, I don't, look, I don't mind WWE doing all the rematches. It just gets boring and I'd rather not be bored. But no, AEW could actually do more. Sometimes I'm into a feud and it just ends and we don't get back to it, which is a shame. Uh, we've already asked that one. So we'll go to Baz. He says, hey, Simon, you are still kicking all the ass possible and really hope to be able to catch you in a ring when you come up towards Manchester. Thank you very much. Do you think they should step up the Punk MJF match and either way should Wardlow cost MJF the match? I don't think Wardlow should cost MJF the match when he fights Punk. I think we either have our own, I think we should have our own special thing for that. I don't think we need to tie it in specifically especially because I would like a bona fide winner in a CM Punk versus MGF match because I think you can argue it either way and that's what makes it really, really interesting. And maybe this is all a tease at the moment and we're actually not going to pull the trigger on Wardlow as much as we all think. Maybe it's almost a, a double down and he sticks with MGF a little bit longer. But no, I wouldn't want to see interference. I think that would cheapen the finish somewhat. And, well, again, it depends how they do it, but that's how I feel. That's what my, my tum-tum is telling me. Sam says, congrats on the progress gig. Ugh, start again. Congrats on the progress gig. Man, that's hard. Progress gig. Looking forward to see you in the ballroom. That's very kind, man. What are you looking forward to the most being the host of a progress? Well, I mean, that's a great question. I need to get my head around it first, of course. I need to do a few shows and uh, and settle into it. Because that's just the way with everything, right? You've got to be, you've got to be honest with yourself. And I think... I think mostly for me, it's twofold. One, being involved with a company as big as Progress. I know they've had a couple of small years. That's not the right word. Lean years. Whatever you want to say. Because it's because of COVID, right? That's just the truth of it. The fact that they're returning to big shows, returning to crowds, returning to, you know, start climbing the ladder again. The fact that I get to be a part of that, I think is really badass. And, you know, number two, it would be great if at some point I could prove myself and do a few matches for them as well. Because, of course, I'm a wrestler too. My big thing with life is you don't say no to opportunities and you add as much as you can and eventually you're going to have to take away, but it's best if you can't. So it's just being involved and just getting to come on on a ground level as, again, like I say, they try and get back to where they were, which I think they absolutely will do. It's a great company. They have great wrestlers. They have great matches. They think about the bigger picture, which I'm a big fan of, and I feel quite humbled to be in bed with them. I was genuinely surprised when I had the meet. Oh, we did a Zoom meeting, of course, 2021. When they asked me, it's the last thing I didn't know what they were going to tell me. It was the last thing I was expecting to hear. So hopefully I'll do a good job. Hopefully I can and do everybody proud. And hopefully we can have some fun with it as well. Because that's what it's all about. Danny Nightmare says, Simon, are you secretly in the United States and Tony Khan's dream signing? I ain't no one's dream signing, dude. That's very kind of you, but trust me. No, if, if I came out, people are like, this poor guy. I'm so disappointed. And then Reddit would melt down. Mercs the Maverick says, hey, Simon, love you, bro. Wanted to ask, what are your top three managers in the business of all time? Bonus points if they were not an actual competitor in the ring. Love your show and love all your content. Great things are in your future. That's very kind, man. I hope so. That would be nice. Well, Bobby the Brain Heenan would be one. 
I know he did do a little bit of uh, competitive stuff, but I mean, not really. No one would actually, actually ever call him that. So Bobby the Brain Heenan. I'd also put Paul Bearer in there because, again, when I was a kid, the Paul Bearer Untake combination, you have no idea how much I love that, especially what he did with Kane too. And probably Paul Heyman. You know, he had the alliance in, in, in WCW. What were they called? wasn't just it was something in the alarm i can't remember again my brain is rubbish today but paul Heyman always adds legitimacy to me which we've already talked about which i love i'm sure i've missed somebody out now i'm going to curse myself later but they're the first three that came to my head so they must have done something right charlie says if regal was to join aew in a producer role what are your thoughts of him taking over the runnings of dark elevation in order to train up the up-and-coming signings run their trial matches well i think he could add to that but let's not forget that aew still has people doing that right now who are doing a great job as i said at the start of the show regal adds to anything he is an asset somebody should hire him now but i don't want to crap on the people at all elite wrestling who've already done a great job would he add to that yes but again he'd be working in conjunction with other great people too Tim the Enchantress says, do you think there's any truth to the rumors that the mild-mannered reporter Shames Helms is actually the hurricane? Definitely not. How dare you disparage that man like that? And Jeremy says, if you were to face five other competitors in a ladder elimination chamber brawl type setting, who would they be? Well, if I'm in an elimination chamber, I'll take on like Crash Holly, Spike Dudley, <laughs> Max Mini, and Marco Stunt. Otherwise, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I don't want to get my ass kicked. And to be fair, those four, they'll probably kick my ass too. I rubbish. Daytona says, no question. Oh, no. I, I don't mean to read these ones. I do massively appreciate it. But people are getting to me. You're so arrogant. I'm not arrogant. I'm just reading what's ahead of me. And I do massively appreciate it. It's very humbling. Anyway, I'll read it now. No question. Just wanted to say thanks for the podcast and all the content you do. They truly are a really good escape in these weird times we live in. I hope you are doing well from your recent health issues. And can't wait for you to be Derek Manpower when you join wwe i'm just gonna say thank you man and i'm gonna leave that out there as a as a seinfeld thing if you know you know if you don't know you're gonna have to go listen to old episodes i'm very proud of Derek manpower i'm gonna do it and one day in one company when it's time to change up my character i'm gonna tell them look guys today and forevermore <laughs> i am Derek manpower Richard has a weird question because he says, Simon, would you rather be speared by Edge, 3D through a table by the Dudleys, but he's with the Duddles, which is much better, F5 by Brock or stunned with a mouthful of beer by Stone Cold? Well, in terms of what I'd get the biggest kick out of, I mean, a stunner by Stone Cold, you can put that on your CV. I mean, that is something to write home about. All would be amazing. The most terrifying would be an F5 by Brock. He would pick me up like I was a piece of paper. Jessica says, Hey, Simon, given how much time you spend in your various roles with wrestling, you probably don't have long to do anything else. How do you relax away from the world's greatest sport? Thanks so much and keep up the great work. Well, no, I don't have a lot of downtime. And a lot of people in my life may spend a lot of time saying, Simon, you need more downtime. You're absolutely crazy. But I've said this before, and I'm happy to say it again. I feel very blessed to do what I do. I know I say this a lot, but it's true. And I totally fear, I will figure I should say, I totally understand that one day it may not be around anymore. YouTube especially is a very frivolous platform. And, well, you just never know. You never know with these kind of things. So while I do have all these opportunities, I just want to smash them and appreciate them as much as I possibly can. So I just throw myself in as much as possible, which kind of ties into what we were just talking about a second ago. Uh, you know, you add, we, we add, we don't take away. And my job, my job is hard in the sense that, you know, it's it, busy, I should say. My job is busy, but it's not difficult. Well, I don't want to say it's not difficult because sometimes it can be difficult. It doesn't stress me out is what I'm saying, right? Like some people have jobs and they dread them and they don't want to go in. I've never felt like that. And I understand that's a privileged position to be in. So again, I just want to enjoy it as much as I can 
And then if it ever does hit into a wall, I never have to look back and go, oh, man, you should have done more. That's the one thing I'll never have a regret of. Nobody could ever accuse me of not putting it in because I, you know, I, I put it in. And I'm the worst person at complimenting myself. Not that I see that as a compliment, but even I know that's true. It'd be crazy to say otherwise. PhD says, how do you think the insider knowledge of pro wrestling in the mainstream markets has changed the creative process for storytelling in the past five years? Well, that's the most intelligent question we've ever had. I don't know. I think it does influence it a lot because you understand that your core fan base is now far smarter than it was before. And, you know, in the past, we have seen WWE switch up their stories because it leaks out there. I would never do that. I think if you have a plan, doesn't matter who knows, who doesn't know. And usually it's the minority anyway. But I would imagine that there is less. Well, you can argue that WWE does it. It feels like there's less dumbing down because companies know they can't get away with it anymore but i don't actually necessarily think that's true i just think everybody is more aware of what's going on hence why you know if wwe does something bad we get cm punk chance and you can do an insider reference in AEW, and the fans get it too you probably could have well you couldn't have done that back in the day because that's one of the reasons wcw died they would make insider references all the time and yeah us nerds got it but their bigger audience which was the more casual fans like what are you talking about and it switched them all off so now you probably could get away with that so I guess that's one of the reasons how it, how it has changed. But then, you know, people dig their heels in too. I think it's quite obvious that Vince McMahon believes that his form of pro wrestling is the form of pro wrestling. More power to him. You can like it, you can not like it. You know, that's just... Uh well, that, that's it, right? You either do or you don't. Mr. Tom says, when Regal gets hired by AEW, what should he show up on screen to shout about <laughs> like war games? He can shout whatever he wants. He could shout, how are you? And I'd be happy because I love him. Baz says, oh, Baz number two question. If Wardlow turns on MGF, he is turning on the pick pinnacle. Do you know of any other people that like to assist those in need of help? Like a group of handsome guys hanging out and always talking about how handsome Wardlow is on BTE. Similar to Hangman, what do you think? I'm sure there's a reasons for all of this and it will all play out. Patrick says, with the current champions at AEW, who ends up taking their titles and when would be the best time? I can't answer on the best time because sometimes it can come from nowhere. Like that was a big argument when John Moxley beat Jericho. Jericho could actually have held on for that title a little bit longer, but the time was right for Moxley. I really don't know though. I think that Serena Deeb will win a championship in 2022, probably the world title. I think a Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander will be a TBS champion. And I think there is an outside bet that either Punk or MJF is the person to take it off Hangman Adam Page. Probably MJF, because then you can go right back into the Punk feud for the title, which I think will draw quite a good audience. I've just made that up on all of the flies, so who knows. Juan says, if Bret Hart never retired in 2000 due to concussions, which opponent would you like to have seen him wrestle? Personally, I would have loved to see Bret versus Eddie Guerrero. Yep, or Brian Danielson. A bit early, maybe, but I would love to have seen it. Or CM Punk, either of those three. I would have loved them. Uh, Lancelot says, does HBK walk away from NXT now? Well, Triple H is still there, don't forget. I know he's not as hands-on, but he's still his buddy. And it is still a job, and I bet he does like getting paid. And again, if you're not on the bench, you can't influence the game. So I will say no. I said the game. You know what I meant. That wasn't a pun. Canton says, which current world champion would you like to face? Akada, Hangman, Moose, Dragonov, Reigns, or Lesnar? Flubbing Nora. Well, I mean, look, you've got to do it on the biggest stage, right? So it's going to be Hangman or, or, or Reigns or Lesnar, right? They are the three biggest titles right now, I would say. Uh, the, actually, the IWGP champion. Well, I, um, uh, I'll just pick one. Hangman. I'm going with Hangman. Christian says, do you think the Big Swole has a point when she says that introverted wrestlers get less TV time when there are no writers and storylines and are developed by the wrestlers themselves? I haven't heard that quote by Big Swole, so I would need to hear her say it. 
And also, it's just something I can't comment on. I don't know. I'm not backstage. So it's really unfair to, for me to start making claims either way. Um, I understand it from a theoretical point of view. If wrestlers have to go pitch ideas and they're a little bit nervous to do it. But I would say that's the, that's the same with a lot of jobs. I mean, I've been in, in office environments where people get promotions because they're buddy-buddy with the boss, whereas someone that's more qualified doesn't because they can't talk to the boss because they're too scared. Again, I need to hear the quote and I need to witness the backstage of AEW, but I would never talk about it if I did because that's breaking sort of it's just being a dick. You know, if you're invited backstage to a locker room, you don't then come out and talk about the locker room. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Uh, Young says, with the finger of power, have you ever thought about using the finger poke of doom? Absolutely not. I don't want to kill companies. Nick says, who do you see as the first couple of competitors for the new TBS champion? I will go with Chris Statlander. I will go with probably, I don't know. Yeah, Chris Statlander. I'm just going with Chris Statlander because I said it and that's that. Terry says, do you think the outcome of the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express was changed on the fly due to the injury? We've kind of talked about that. I mean, all I've got is maybe. It was a little bit of a funky finish, but of course it would be. Probably terrified about what happened to this dude. Uh, C says, that's a good name. Uh, I don't know that question, so I can't answer it. Ben, what do you think of Bray Wyatt debuting in AEW by reigniting the Dark Order, split with the ones against Evil Uno, joining the cult of Wyndham? No, I don't want to do that. I want to keep the, the Dark Order together because I really like them, and that feels like yeah, doing a split for the the sake of a split i mean tony khan has come out recently and said that a dream signing is coming to aew or a dream signing for him so it's probably bray white it's probably jeff hardy or it's probably johnny gargano and i would like to see all of those three people in aew especially if we get a hardy boys reunion but you know i've said this before i'll say it again i want jeff hardy to be healthy first and foremost more than everything that's all that matters but i'm not going to sit here and make uh, criticisms or non-criticisms about his health because again i think that's an asshole thing to do i don't have any information and if everybody has talked to him and he claims that he can he's okay then he, he's okay and if something goes awry that's up for the people in charge to uh, to sort out clive says between walter and brom breaker who should beat roman reigns for the universal title and why either man clive you put your hands together i don't care both would be absolutely brilliant face mask and face palm says put you on your booking cap how do you book wrestlemania do you combine the titles break up and the tag teams it's too hard to say at the moment we're, 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 we're too i mean would i like to combine the titles yes it's the first question i get when well, my girlfriend got into wrestling not into it but started watching it because of me when you tell her there's two titles it's like what <laughs> it's like don't don't worry about it but if i could pick one thing to do at wrestlemania it absolutely would be unify the titles but they won't because they'll annoy fox they'll annoy uh, the usa network so in many ways they, they can't do it. Like, they absolutely can't. Travis says, do you think Jade Cargill is a good wrestler now or do you think she still needs some work? Well, I think all wrestlers need work, right? Because you, you never stop learning. But that, we've talked about it. She's a work in progress, but she's clearly a star at the same time. So I'd much rather AEW invested in her than did not invest in her because we've seen that too many times in the past. And for anyone that goes, oh, they only push her because of her look. Well, that's happened a thousand times. So I don't even care wrestling a lot of part of the wrestling is about the aesthetic loads of guys have been pushed because they're really good at talking on the microphone if you're good at something do that and then make sure the rest gets up to speed uh tony says hey simon hope you are well ignoring the obvious punk brian and cody who do you think would make a great middle character being being neither face or heel uh riddle would be one i know that sounds weird but i think if he turned on randy orton you could absolutely give a serious edge to his character almost make him a kurt angle type of figure and drew mcintyre too i like it when drew has a certain attitude to him and talking of drew mcintyre he's off tv at the moment because of his neck injuries i hope he's okay because that guy's an absolute beast 
and he worked a terrific amount of matches in 2021 so i hope he can get back to it soon uh jack cassidy says what's your favorite ray phoenix match all of them because he's ridiculous cooper says if you were on the plane ride from hell <laughs> i don't like this question what would have been your strategy simon miller now not 2002 teenage simon listening to backstreet boys dude i listen to backstreet boys today don't you worry about that there's nothing wrong with them backstreet boys I mean, what would I have done now? Well, I don't think it would have happened now. I mean, to be honest, depending where I was in the company, if I had been a higher up and knew my position was protected, knowing what I'm like, I absolutely would have tried to shut it all down. But if I had been in a more precarious position, I probably would have just kept myself to my... Oh, no, I don't. That's not true, actually. That's not true at all. I'm thinking about the... I don't want to call it harmless carnage because none of it was harmless. But when we're talking about the more serious allegations, I don't think I could see that and not do anything because I'd have sleepless nights. I really would. I feel so guilty and terrible and like I let myself down. So I probably would have tried to stop it. I probably would have said something and it probably would have cost me my job. And I get it now. You're saying, oh, Simon, you'd never do that. Well, maybe I wouldn't have done in the moment. No. But in terms of how I know how guilty I get about things, I don't know if I could have witnessed some of that stuff and just sat there. It would have wrecked me mentally. I would have told you that. So I would have struggled to deal with it. I mean, I've told this story before. I remember reading somebody's wrestling autobiography on the toilet. That's what I was doing. There's no point pretending otherwise. And they were describing backstage culture. And this was like I was sort of, you know, late teens, early 20s. I was not the same person I am now. And I remember thinking, because I still had a dream to be a wrestler. I was like, I don't think I'd be able to exist in this environment because of how I was. Today, I'd be fine because, again, I turned 30 and I was like, I don't care anymore. But... <laughs> Yeah, then it would have been a real struggle because that's just how my brain was. And it's why when you get quotes, again, I wasn't there, so I don't want to comment on it too directly. But when you get comments of The Undertaker saying it was better back in the day, and then you go back in the day and you hear stories of bullying and hazing and people having to change in the locker room, I just don't think that sounds like it's cool. But again, it wasn't my, uh, you know, I haven't experienced it firsthand, so I don't know. But I know that it sounds horrible. And we finish with Drew, who says, Greetings and Happy New Year, Simon. Here are some hot takes. Who doesn't like a hot take? One, the mid-card attitude era was bad, actually. The mid-card attitude era. The mid-card. Do you mean like everything below the main event? That's not a hot take. I think we all agree with that now. It's really hard to watch because a lot of it is so bad. But they had The Rock and Austin, so everything was okay. Number two, NXT Circa 2015 to 2018 was some of the best wrestling of all time. I don't know. All t I mean, it was great. All time? I'd have to sit down and think about it. And number three, the only way to avoid Veer being seen as a joke is to have him win the Raw Rumble. Dude, don't do that to the man. If you have Veer win the Raw Rumble, everyone is going to turn on him. Do not watch wrestling. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm kidding. But that's what would happen. That's exactly what would happen. This People always get put in these crazy situations and then they get absolutely wrecked. But I mean, the Veer situation is ridiculous. It certainly sounds like he didn't make it to television because they had no plans. So now they've stopped the videos. I feel so sorry for Veer. He just wanted to be a professional wrestler. He didn't want to be a meme. He didn't want to be an internet joke. And yet here we are. But I hope he does make it to Raw. And I hope he gets a push. I've said this time and time again. Is it going to work? I don't know. But give it a go. Give everybody a go. Seriously. Give Dana Brooke a go. Give Tazawa a go. Give Drew Gulak a go. I mean, we could do this all day. Create a character called Red Wallpaper and give them a go. Because you need fresh stars and you always need new people to keep an eye on, right? 
I like Roman Reigns. I like Brock Lesnar. I like uh, Seth Rollins. Drew McIntyre. They're always going to be in the main event now. But Drew's a great example of this. Seeing him ascend in 2020 was awesome because it was new. And I'm always looking for that. It is one of the reasons I like AEW. Because here I sit in January 2020 and I'm pumped for Jungle Boy. I'm pumped for Luchasaurus. I'm pumped for Darby Allen, MJF. Like a bunch of guys that I was somewhat familiar with beforehand. But now I see as super duper stars. And WWE can do that too. It's why Bron Breaker is so great. It's why I hope someone like i don't know grayson grayson waller gets it gets a decent push like i'm not super into him now but could i be maybe but we've got to allow him to sink or swim so yeah i don't i don't want veer to win the rumble <laughs> i think it's too much but i would love him to come to raw eventually after he figures out which way to go and smash us uh, smash some fools in squash matches why the hell not it may work it may be the best thing ever work for goldberg right but we can't have another goldberg well we can like you can you can do it like it's difficult because the rest of the locker room will be like well can i be goldberg but i mean even someone like sammy Zayn, if all of a sudden was treated a bit more seriously and pushed into the main event that would excite me it's why i hope kevin owens has a world title run in 2022 because it would excite me i just it's so easy to fall into the status quo and the status quo gets boring very very quickly it doesn't mean that raw or smackdown or anything sucks like that i found a hilarious thread about me the other day everyone thinks i don't look for this stuff my friends send them to me because they're far more active on these things that i am not that i don't go on them of course i do i'm not going to pretend otherwise and it's just people flaming me because they're like oh he's biased towards aw blah blah i don't have time to be biased in my life i just like wrestling i like wrestling and i think i'm very privileged as i've already said to do what i do and i just give my honest opinion and i'm never going to look for down ever i hate that people go oh, you didn't give this show any downs no because i'm not a dick <laughs> i don't want to go i'll give it a down just for the sake of giving something a down these are human beings <laughs> these are real and also what nobody has noticed is that i never i rarely 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 give a down for you know something not something being bad or rubbish but a lot of my downs are for stupidness and nonsensical stuff like even when somebody has a really bad match i try and find the positives because i understand how hard wrestling is there are times where you just have to call a spade a spade because it does all fall apart but a lot of downs are for short stupid matches or, or for storylines you're like well i don't understand what's going on or for random things like a golden egg and because w uh, sorry excuse me because aew is sensical for the most part i'm like well i'm not gonna crap over that like the chris jericho stuff this week i didn't think it was brilliant but it wasn't bad i'm not going to sit there and give that a down just because it wasn't the best thing i've ever seen in my life i think there are a bunch of youtubers and commenters already doing that and good for them too absolutely you know there's an audience there they should do it but i don't want to be that guy i think there's far too much negativity in the world to begin with and i watch wrestling to be distracted and entertained and hopefully i can tap into that side of it as well right that's my unexpected rant done at the end of the show and i will thank you for joining me it is always appreciated again make sure you check out the episode on tuesday we are going to drop tuesday and thursday episodes so far so good hopefully life doesn't get in the way and that one crazy guy doesn't come yell at me again patreon.com forward slash simonmeta316 if you do to support the show a dollar honestly that's all i need is one dollar and i will make sure i get some content up there some retro content should you want to hear my voice some more kind of seems surprising to me because my voice is everywhere even i'm bored of it if my mum rang me up right now and said simon i'm sick of you i'd be like i know mother <laughs> i totally understand and she's had 30 plus years of this ship anyway there's that twitter and instagram at simon at 316 i'm on cameo always forget to mention that if you want a birthday shout out or whatever you can find me on there just search for my name 
Uh, SimonMiller.BigCartel.com for merchandise. I'm not ready to return to a wrestling ring just yet because I'm recovering from my injuries or my surgery. It wasn't really an injury. But 23rd of January at the Electric uh, Ballroom in Camden. If you want to come down to progress, I shall be hosting the show. But otherwise, make sure you have a great day. Make sure you have a great week. Make sure you have a great year. Enjoy wrestling. It's so much easier. And I will talk to you again soon.